1: Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Recording from a 2011 Hyundai Sonata, off of Adam Clayton Boulevard in Manhattan, at 1:45 in the morning. It's just us. I'm Jordan Schusterman. No, I'm not. I'm Jake Vince. That's Jordan Schusterman. It's 1:45
2: in the morning. We're tired as shit. So much baseball today, man. Let me tell you, this was one of the crazier days uh, that I can truly remember. Not only did we get to watch 13 straight hours of postseason baseball, we at one point had five games overlapping. We had ga- We had a game go to the 13th inning. We had the longest nine-inning game in baseball history. It's just thrown into the day. That was a thing that happened. Uh, that's what that Yankees-Indians game was. Uh, we have obviously a lot to talk about, but we... I uh, need to get started here because holy shit. But before we start going series by series, and we'll explain how we're going to do that, general reaction, we made it. It's almost 2 a.m. You're in your car. I'm here. I can't even believe that we're doing this, but I'm glad that we are. General emotions from watching this much postseason baseball in one day. It was draining. It was, it was.
1: legitimately draining. And it it, in the best possible way, mm-hmm. I needed to take a hiatus Like in the middle of the day, I went out, I ran some errands. I found a nice little window, uh, very necessary for the mental health. Uh, But
2: in general, like I would do it again. Yeah. I was going to ask you when you had a break. I took a pretty solid break uh, between roughly 5.30 to like when the Cleveland-New York game kind of started back up. Didn't really want, Mm. I tuned in for the end of the Padres Cardinals, but that was my break, but I was going full blast from 12 to five with like, not even getting up.
1: I had, once the Cardinals went up Mm -hmm. in the first, Mm -hmm. I put the game in on my headphones on the radio and went to Bed Bath & Beyond. That's not an ad. (laughs) Uh, That was my little break there of time. To kind of reset my brain and get ready for the night games, which I'm happy I did because if I had not taken a break before Cleveland, New York, I definitely would have burnt out.
2: I also uh, am it was glad that, like I- I'm also just glad the two night games, not only we ended up having two night games instead of one, with the with the late game, the Yankees and Indians going even later, almost as late as the Dodgers won, uh, that they were so good that they kept me engaged, right? Like if, they, right. if these night games were four or five run games. It would have been tough. <laughs> this podcast that, would not but, be as fun to record. And But I would say we would have recorded it about
1: two hours ago, <laughs> For, which would probably. be pretty nice. Uh, it was kind of like the experience of, I did a triathlon one one time a couple years ago. And at the end of it, like I hated myself, but I would totally do it again. And that's how I feel right now after watching all that postseason baseball. Jordan, the three-game CRIs, series is Serie I, who knows how to pluralize that, Some of them are done. How do we feel about the three-game set as a postseason elimination mechanism?
2: A lot of conflicting feelings about this. I know you uh, were not thrilled about how the regular season ended, and we don't have to go into all that. And I know a lot of people are not happy about 16 teams, and I'm generally on board with that. Um, But the thing I keep coming back to is, okay, so this year we have three-game series between teams that are not as good which means it's unfair to the best teams because they could get bounced. However, is this more fair and or less interesting than a one-game wild card, which is between two really, really good teams where it's like, damn, that fucking Mm. sucks for the one really good team who has their whole season come down to one game. So, I mean, listen, I can see it both ways, but that's kind of what I was weighing because on one hand, it was like, wow, this is not fair to the Dodgers or this is not fair to the Rays, even though they both took care of business. But at the same time, I was also like, this is fun, and like, if you got to line up your pitchers and you still lost, like you lost, and you still have a chance to come right. back, and so it,
1: it kind of works. I care less about the fairness and more about the entertainment value of it, mm-hmm. and I think that like, what I love about a seven-game set, and this is in any sport, is the the boxing punch mentality or narrative of it, where like one team comes out and they win, and then it flops, and then it turns. And the Cleveland New York crazy game was that in kind of baked into one game. And when you have that over the course of a series, that's awesome, right? That's super fun to follow. And in a three game set, it's too quick for the, for that to kind of flip back and forth. And I don't love that. So I, even in a five game set, you can get a little bit of that where it changes location. I know it's different because it's a pandemic and the games are in one place, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a little skeptical on the three game sets right now. No fans. There were no fans. Well, there were some fans, there were family members it, uh, that were let in. So I think the Twins let employees in. Uh, I I'm, was in favor of this purely from me watching the game. Safety-wise, I have no idea. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not going to make an assumption about that one way or the other. However, ha- getting to see nervous people in a baseball stadium during nervous moments Was good and I
2: enjoyed that. That was entertaining. Totally agree. I will also say, and we'll talk about the reports about NLCS fans at the end of the show. um, But as far as like nervous energy watching baseball during pandemic, I was way more comfortable watching the families spread out in suites or spread out in the upper deck or uh, around than I was watching the fucking Braves fans with like yes. a thousand people with no masks outside together. So that was way worse than any of the fans. So, but to your point, totally agree. It was fun kind of watching and being like, huh, I wonder whose girlfriend that is, or huh, oh. I wonder
1: whose brother that is. <laughs> like, dude, was I a, was a thinking about this name, that family member. It's like, right. ah, <laughs> that's Pete
2: Fairbanks's uncle Jim. Right, so that that I very much enjoyed. I thought that was a fun. And obviously it's impossible, you know, 95% of the time, but it's cool. I, it is cool. I also just like the notion that like the family of the zillion ones there and adds to the many, many, many elements of this whole day feeling like a college game. Yeah. Um, and showing, constantly showing the family on TV. Um, and that's, that a is A lot
1: fun. of dudes pointing exi- like directly at their family members. They know exactly where they are. You love to see that. Very convenient for home run hitters. All right. Let's get into the matchups themselves. Yes. Here's how we're going to do this. For all of you Yankees fans who are just looking to hear about more chatter after your team wins. That's a very relatable feeling. I'll say this quickly. When any of my favorite sports teams wins a big game, I will just sponge up any and all content related to it. And so we are going to give you the Yankee stuff at the front. Sorry, everybody. And Cleveland fans, you're not listening. Cleveland fans, you're checked out of baseball for the next couple months anyway. So it doesn't matter. Jordan, what order are we going to go in here to talk about these? We
2: basically looked at the eight series and arbitrarily decided from these first two days, which of the series are we most excited by? Which is a series where were we watching with the most excitement um, so these are kind of ordered randomly obviously at least five or six of them have had some pretty crazy moments um, but' we're, that's the order we're gonna go in and that is what we decided and so we are going to begin with the series that took all the way <laughs> until one I mean it was only two games. it was a sweep I mean what what a what a weird, su- what a weird sweep it was
1: um, so obviously with AO2 two games, we'll, two, games yeah. two games not a sweep two games not a sweep I'm I, sorry. I two agree. games not a sweep. I All agree. right, Cleveland and New York. Let's just hop right into it. Game one was supposed to be Bieber against Cole. Former barbecue guest and friend of the pod, Shane Bieber, was little was definitely worse than we expected. It got dinked and dunked a little bit. Yankees win game one by a mile. Game two, a marathon classic. It went back. It went fourth. And it ended with the Yanks winning ten to nine in the longest nine inning game ever.
2: Yeah. And of course we had the rain delay shenanigans uh, at the beginning of the game. I know everyone was really pissed that they started the game and then stopped the game and the starters had to stay in, but then it was like, Oh, are you fucking with Tanaka or Carrasco, whatever. Um, but they were fine. It's not like that was that big of a deal. I mean, they didn't look that great, but like clearly that wasn't the difference in the game. I don't think, uh, let's
1: talk about, let's pick a couple turning points, uh, in this one. Uh, I would say the first big one is just Josh Naylor at the beginning showing up and, For a team that went 0-2, Josh Naylor, face of the postseason already, pretty (laughs) hilarious. He obviously won't be playing anymore, but like he came out, he showed up, the hair was rolling, he was into it, it was awesome to see that.
2: And that's the thing, I mean, again, to squeeze that much uh, production and moments into two games in which you lost, like, as a big part of that trade, Cleveland's going to go into next year being like, hell yeah, Josh Naylor, here we go, so good for them, But, but... but let's, I mean, first we got big to talk about point. the fucking yeah. moment, man. Like, this was <laughs> unbelievable stuff. Uh, the first okay,
1: so, holy shit, yeah. holy shit, holy shit moment of the postseason. Cookie Carrasco struggles a bit in the fourth inning. Bases are loaded. Uh, Sandy Alomar makes the move to the bullpen to bring in crazy-ass James Karinchak. He comes in. He's got the wild thing Ricky Vaughn haircut. He's just moving his shoulders like a total nut job. And Gio Urshela takes him deep, grand slam, first battery faces. And like, first of all, hell yeah, Gio Urshela against his oh, former team. Pretty amazing. damn cool. That's amazing. sweet. Uh, but for me, if you show up with the Ricky Von Do, you can't poop the bed like that. You just can't. It's that simple. I love dudes doing weird stuff, right? right. Like, generally. But you got you got to walk
2: the walk. Yeah, or walk Gio Shell instead of allowing a grand slam. Because if you're the mm. wild thing and you come in and you throw eight balls in a row, it's like, well, it's part of it, but he doesn't he's get He's the hit. wild thing. He's <laughs> the wild thing. He's crazy. That might happen. Uh, and then, of course, he walked next batter. And yeah, man, I mean, it was it was a good at bat. And, and Gio's amazing. I mean, we've talked about him a ton. Like, I, I just thought he sucked. And I, I right. can't believe it that he's this good. But credit to him. And it's it's incredible. Um, and, so, you know,
1: Karen Track definitely missed his spot. It It's like a sneaky bad pitch because it looks like it's in a good spot. But James Karinczak does not get guys out with fastballs down in the zone. Exactly. He gets them out with fastballs up in the zone. Exactly. He went out away from what makes him successful in that spot. Urshela took advantage. Okay, that's the first turning point. Then the game kind of lulled a little bit in there. Both teams kind of, I would say, oozed out some runs. And it we've th- kind of got to a space where we had Jordan Luplo up against Jonathan. I, what's the, How do you actually say his last name?
2: Loaizaga. Iasonia? Loaizaga. <laughs> Iasonia's the umpire. It's okay. Uh, it's yeah, late. so Johnny Lasagna, as he is known so lovingly, um, is in because they bring in Jordan Luplo to face Britain. They bring him in for Josh Naylor to face Britain, and then Boone's like, actually, no, we're going to go straight to the righty, uh, and then he gives up a double to Mr. Luplo, and Josh Naylor is fucking One thing, hype. yeah,
1: important point here. This podcast will not Monday morning quarterback bullpen decisions. If you right. want that, look elsewhere. Agreed. I don't want to play that game. Yep. I find it exhausting. I don't totally know agreed. enough. I'm not a big league manager. That's However, fine. this was certainly a notable one. Uh, and Luplo took advantage. Uh, a guy who traditionally crushes lefties got the job done to run double uh, to, I guess, give Cleveland the lead at that point or did that tie it that tied it up I I
2: believe believe that tied it yes Um, so and that that was like
1: oh wow the Yankees might really flub this one away
2: right and uh, and then we're like okay can they hold it and then Brad Hand was uh, not 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 great not great Brad Hand is a fascinating closer to watch He has, he's never really quite gotten to like when he was super duper peak a couple years ago, but he's still really good. His breaking ball reminds me more of like a bowler, like snapping off. Like it just breaks so late and it starts out of the zone for the whole time. Dude, it breaks too late because when he throws
1: it at the bottom of the zone, it doesn't get called for a strike because it breaks so much between when it crosses the front of the plate and when the catcher gets it. But anyway, so yeah, Cleveland takes the lead in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, With a little blue pit off of Chapman, Yankees come back, score two in the top of the ninth, including like the most, as a non-Yankees fan, the most <laughs> mind-numbing possible outcome, uh, a DJ LeMayhew like duck pisser up the middle, just
2: a little dribbler that sneaks through, and he smiled, Jordan. You, yeah, I tweeted like- this, but... He really did. Also, like I know Gigi LeMayhu is amazing, but like that is how I view all of his hits. And so it's not <laughs> it's like right. it's hard to think about how great he is, but I feel like that's all of his hits. But
1: DJ LeMayhu is obviously the epitome of not trying to do too much. Right. But you know what? I like guys who do too much. That's Sorry, true. I find that... that to be more watchable. That's, that's <laughs> do a great too point. much.
2: That's a great point. That usually ends up being more entertaining. So uh so that so there you go. Cleveland's going home. Absolute just freaking heartbreaker. Uh, Chapman has some, so you know, some shakiness there in the bottom half uh, of the ninth, but he gets the job done. And and my goodness, a team that watched their World Series hopes end with Michael Martinez then has to watch their season come down to Austin Hedges, one of the worst hitters in baseball. Um, and uh, yeah, also, I'm now I didn't even realize that he was pinch hitting for Tyler Naquin, and I do not like Tyler Naquin. But I honestly might to stuck with, Tyler, could never, whatever, not second guessing managers, doesn't matter. Cleveland season is over. The Yankees are moving Goodbye. on to face the Rays, who we'll talk about later. Uh, final thoughts on Cleveland because we're going to obviously talk about a lot about the Yankees this month. So let's just talk about Cleveland and move on.
1: I will remember the Cleveland season for three main reasons. One, Jose Ramirez is back. He's the fucking man. Mm-hmm. He's using everyone's baseball bats and it doesn't matter. He hits. He's legit. He's got stink face. I'm in on Jose Ramirez. That's, yeah. that's one. Number two out thing I'll remember is Shane Bieber. Just, you know, really doing the damn thing and winning the Cy Young, which he's going to do. Yeah. And then the third thing I'll remember is police at Clevenger gate and <laughs> how insane of a thing that just was to follow. And, you know, I'm in my
2: car right now, Jordan. And let me tell you about the media. Yeah, tell me. I mean, you're not moving, but you should still have a seatbelt on. I'm really disappointed. Um, I know. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Disappointing. I mean, it was a tough matchup, and like this was going to be a toss-up series anyway. Um, And it also will be weird if Jose Ramirez wins MVP and Bieber wins Cy Young, and it's like, oh, yikes, this is how they went out. But Mm. uh, whatever. Cleveland, we will see you later. Adios. Ah. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Uh, We'll preview the Yankees and all the other bubbled-up teams later next week. All right, Jordan, our second series that we paid the most attention to slash gave the most shit about. Game one, Atlanta. Cincinnati, also a classic for the opposite reason. Oh Trevor God. Bauer, Max Fried, two aces toe-to-toe, top of their games. This thing was scoreless forever.
2: Forever. Just. Uh, Did zero runs through 12 freaking innings. Of course, we don't have the extra inning rule um in... Uh, the postseason, uh, which I'm very curious to see how that, how that kind of plays out because it's clearly going to impact these teams in a lot of different ways. But this was the story of, you know, there are a lot of cliches about the postseason. Oh, it's about pitching defense and you know, timely hitting. My goodness, these offenses were just brutal. And yes, they had two, you know, of course we had Freed Bauer. And yes, there were a lot of good relievers that came in too. But these teams combined to strand 46 runners <laughs> in this game, 26 for Cincinnati, 20 for the Barbs. And it was just, just brutal. I mean, it was guys on third every freaking inning and they couldn't do anything. Um, and man, it was it was exhausting to watch. And we knew that this was going to be Cincinnati's pitching against Atlanta's amazing offense. And the other innings were going to be Atlanta's extremely thin pitching against Cincinnati's worst batting average in baseball. And, and it kind of came true. Out. And that's, that's what we ended up with. Uh, but it was a great game, and just uh, just a brutal freaking loss for Cincy. Uh,
1: really tough loss. Freddie Freeman uh, gets the walk off single. Amir Garrett comes into the game, kind of grooves him. Not the best slider in the world, but you know we talked about this before we recorded. Jordan, like that's the toughest spot. Yeah. Freddie Freeman, less than two outs, guy on third, game on the line in the postseason. And like Garrett is a guy who like his job is to get that out. Like I understand that. But Freddie Freeman in that moment was going to get the run in. Like, I, there was not a doubt in my mind. He, he's so good, man. Yeah. He's so freaking good at hitting. He's amazing. He really, really, really is. So, Atlanta, they're up one game to zero after that exhaust fest. And like all these relievers are cooked. Like both teams' relievers are cooked. So, game yep. two could just be like, I would give Cincy the advantage in game two yep. just because Castillo over, um,
2: Ian Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Um, And obviously that's going to be the first game uh, on Thursday. So it's possible. It's already, that's going to be the one that maybe you're still listening to this and it's already, already over, but um, yeah, I mean, it it was a great game though, but just, just tough, just really, really tough to watch for Cincy Um, and uh, Atlanta. If they can squeak through here and actually like get the offense going, I think they could really uh, have some, have some good shit going. I mean, since he also like base running disasters, like it wasn't just like bad untimely hitting. Like they were just getting thrown out of the bases. It was really bad.
1: I thought the move to send Aquino in that spot was right in concept with the wrong guy. I think Aquino's the wrong guy to try those shenanigans with. However, I'm always pro shenanigans. All right, Jordan, moving (laughs) on to our next series, which I believe Minnesota, Houston. Yes,
2: yes. yes, The Astros
1: and The trash cans, the ghosts of trash cans past, Move on to the bubble and the Twins go home. That is now, I believe, let me look, 324 consecutive postseason losses for the Minnesota Twins.
2: You got that right. That note uh, from the great Sarah Langs. Uh, Really tough uh, for Minnesota. Um, Man, I mean, the offense just didn't show up. Of course, we find out right before the series that Donaldson's not going to be there. They have to play Alex Kirilov in his major league debut, and he looked good. Oh, he wasn't the problem. But the twins offense just didn't show up. And the, the Astros pitching, I mean, it was amazing. Granky to Fromber, who I, you know I love Fromber, of course, Fromber Valdez is amazing. And then Christian Javier to have two. I mean, I guess Frommer's not a rookie, but like then to go for Javier for the rest of the game after like an okay Urquidy start was really impressive. And like credit to the Astros, and we're gonna talk about Correa in a second. Um, but like the twins just look like crap and it sucks. Um, there's really not much more to that than that. Like in terms of just how the twins played, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. You know, people talk about like Montana to rice, you know, they talk about other football players,
3: but right, I don't know where you're going with
1: this, but go ahead. You know, when people, they say Granky to Framber man, <laughs> sports, yeah, sports icon, sports duos, for the century. And they talk about Urquidy to
2: Javier. That's what and, they say. And really, it sucks because like Maeda was pretty good and Barrios was pretty good. Um, And the Bomba squad was nowhere to be found. Nelson Cruz, who I am extremely sad for, just had no help whatsoever on the offensive end. And then, and then my goodness, today, like Rosario getting thrown out of the game on a, on what was not a bad call. Like, that's not a good look.
3: Yeah, and was, I know you're, I the wheels kind of came off but there.
2: That's really where it was like, all right, they're really just not going to have this happen. Um, okay, uh, all we, right, but, let's
1: talk about what Carlos Correa said before we yes. say goodbye to the Twins. Carlos yes. Correa, I, I don't have the quote up in front of me. It was something I'll to the extent of, go ahead,
2: yeah,
1: it was something to the extent of everyone uh, is is mad at us. No one wants to see us win, but we went on the road and won a series, okay. and we're
2: we're a solid team, right? So you you go first here and i'll pull up the exact quote but go ahead what are yeah. you what do you when, you when you heard carlos correa say this here here's the exact quote people are mad people don't want to see us here what are they going to say now we're a solid team we won a series on the road in minnesota so what are they going to say now go ahead jake Vince, before i <laughs> tear into this i mean nonsense. people are
1: just going to say what they've still been saying like yeah. it There's, let me say, let me put it this way. I'm going to put it as kind as I possibly can. No one who's mad at the Astros for cheating is going to look at a two-game stretch in Minnesota and be like, oh, wow, you guys competed. We're cool.
2: Yeah, that's not how this works. Uh, Carlos Correa, my friend. I, as a Mariners fan, I've hated the Astros much longer before this, okay? Now, here's the thing. I don't. I am honestly not that interested in the Astros shame tour that has like 500,000 Twitter followers. I don't care that much. However, you don't get to talk. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Carlos Correa. you're an amazing baseball player and I love watching you play. And I, if you go and hopefully you're not cheating anymore and you go and win and you go on this run, God bless. Do it. Like, you're good at baseball. You still have good baseball players. You can go win. That's fine. But you can't come out with a quote and be like, Look at us, haha! See, we weren't cheating. Like, okay, but then you're still alluding to the fact that you were cheating. So, like, which is again why we're mad at you. Which is so then what are you? What are they going to say now? We're not cheating anymore. But yeah, then you're alluding to the fact that you did cheat to, again, which we're, we're trying to move past. Right. <laughs> it's like
1: there's a difference between what gets said internally and externally. Because, exactly. like, exactly. Exactly. If the Astros want to get in the clubhouse and be like, "No one believes in us," right? Chip right. on our shoulder. Like, I get it. If Use I'm that. on That's the fine. Astros. If I'm Dusty Baker or whatever, like I'm using that, right? My job is to win baseball games. That's fine. But like saying this in public, I don't just don't think it accomplishes anything, right? Right. I don't think it really does anything other than just tick people off even more than before. So those are kind of my thoughts. on. I really don't have anything else to say on the topic. Bobby, Bobby Wagner, does. Bobby, Bobby Wagner's, Wagner's here, Bobby producing Wagner. our podcast. Go ahead. I just what, have what one fun, very small wrinkle to this story, which is that maybe Carlos Correa is just doing a big fat favor to the Red Sox and Yankees, who
3: also cheated in the last three <laughs> years, allegedly. <laughs> yes. Oh, interesting. Allegedly allegedly, 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 allegedly,
1: allegedly. Yeah,
2: no, no. Fair, fair for Bobby. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so I will I just also think, say, yeah.
1: Wait, one more thing. Carlos Correa, looking great in that flannel.
2: when he said these quotes he looked he looked good though that was real takeaway okay let's say goodbye to the twins um 18 game uh postseason losing streak is legitimately uh hard to comprehend uh 16 game postseason losing streak before this is also hard to comprehend and it felt like everyone just realized this together like holy shit this is so many games to lose in a row i put out a twitter poll asking if if you would rather your team have a 19 year postseason drought like my beloved mariners or an 18 game postseason losing streak and the poll as we sit right now uh as we record this currently sits at 48 percent said that they would rather have the drought 52 percent so they'd rather have the 18 game losing streak which is exactly why i put the poll out so we don't have there to debate go. that right now but the point is holy shit this seems so brutal and i just don't even really know what to make of it anymore
1: uh i feel bad for nelson cruz more than anything else he is i think maybe the best person in baseball i feel pretty good saying that and another exit for him he is still chasing a ring i hope he gets it and like there he'll just be back next year just probably the same as good like i'm not gonna maybe not on the
2: twins like i don't know man like that's the thing like if he really wants to win and he's still one of the best hitters in baseball like maybe someone else and if there's a dh in the nl like that could be a lot of Nelson Cruz suitors. So it sucks for them. I feel really bad for Minnesota. And obviously it sucks to have them lose to Houston. But credit to the Astros. It was a very impressive performance. But we will obviously be rooting against them in the next round. Okay, moving on to our fourth uh, series here. Padres and the Cardinals. Oh, my goodness. Now we, we
1: knew it, dude. We came on this podcast. And we said this. We knew this. This was a trap series. Yeah. Trap, 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 trap. Not good. Not, Not great. Not good. Not we kidding. we look we we're not gonna we're not gonna lie to you we're, we're we're pulling for our dads all right this is uh this is our fathers against <laughs> the Cardinals Devil Magic
2: like this was no a duh. Padres podcast for the first <laughs> month of the season yeah. and so to see to see them go down one zero here uh now I mean the Clevenger uh, lamette injuries are brutal I mean them not even being on the roster uh is is killer um and and look Pat we've been We've been the low guys on Paddock for the whole year, um, and it has only gotten worse since the year started, and to be thrown Dude. into this spot here, it it sucks. Um, and I, I, I know you have some Paddock thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, we,
1: he, Chris Paddock just is not the same pitcher that he was last year. He just isn't. The stuff is not the same. It's worse. You just compare it. It's just not the same pitcher, but he's carrying himself in the same way, And he's attacking hitters and approaching hitters in in, in a similar way. And it's just not going to work. Like, it's just not. Like, you got to make an adjustment at some point if your stuff's not there. Right? And why isn't the stuff there? Some of it is, you know, the weird season. Maybe there's an injury. Like, I don't know. But it's not the same. And he's got to figure out why it's not the same. It was was just such an energy suck. A true Colin Robinson moment. It, that's a very specific reference that you don't understand. Sorry, Jordan. Uh, just to have the air sucked out of the Padres immediately. Just immediately. It was like 4-0, bottom of the first. Well, fuck. Um, credit yeah. to the Cardinals. The Cardinals had to hit the ball. Goldschmidt is amazing.
2: Yeah, and, and here's the thing. It. Here's the thing. Here, here are my, my takeaways from St. Louis because there's really not much else to say for this game other than we hope that the Padres can get it to a game three at least. Um, Is that right? The Cardinals offense was Goldschmidt in a bunch of bums. Goldschmidt did what he did. He has the homer off paddock and it's like, okay, there, there's Goldschmidt. But they had 13 hits in this game. But my biggest takeaway was that, damn, this Cardinals bullpen, if Alex Pretty Reyes... Good. Holy shit, man! Like he, not only does he was he throwing well, he looks like he lost like twenty five pounds. I was gonna say he looks so svelte. I was like, damn, this dude look so. And Alex Reyes was at one point one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. So him, if I Helsley, need an Gallegos, out, like. I, let me say this: if I need an out, my life on the line,
1: Gallegos is like a top five phone call I make. <laughs> that dude is nails. Yeah, he's so boring. Yeah, relatively. There's no real shtick to him, but right. he just is good shit and he spots it and he gets out. I am... I'm pretty worried. Decently pre- worried. And let me say this. The Cardinals, obviously they're the Cardinals. 85-year-old Adam Wainwright delivering this team into the bubble four years after we thought he was cooked. He's starting game two. That's cool. Obviously I'm rooting for the Tatis strays, but... Adam Wainwright has now, like, he was an eye-rolling, like, LOL, this Cardinals guy. And then he has, for me at least, matured into unbelievable that he's still here. Now I'm rooting for him.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and the notion that the Cardinals could advance without even using Flaherty, who I know has not been that good, is pretty amazing. Um, and And for the Padres to use basically all of their relievers also in this game, also yeah. not a great look. Um so uh, yikes. Okay, let's move on. Uh one second. Still, yep.
1: Quick quick intermission. Uh yep. I like I mentioned I'm in my car, the windows are up. Uh I'm really hot. I'm just going to turn it on quickly for some AC. Right,
2: that's good. I Just, right, yeah, just want to give you This is this is a good break because uh, we're, we're, we're 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 halfway through here, so this is a good intermission. Okay, um, give me
1: 3, give me 2, give me 1. All right. Cubs Marlins Jordan Schusterman. Let's break yes. it down. The Magic lens. The hot fish, so first postseason win. I saw all these people tweeting first postseason win since two thousand
2: three. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the whole thing. Uh, this was again. We said Tom Kohler said we all knew Sandy and six those pretty freaking good one two. Sandy was great. The Cubs offense, besides our friend and Hap, stunk. Again, Hap two for four. Everyone else two for twenty six. So like, (laughs) that's, that's not good. And as much as we love Ian Hap, like as I, it was funny when we said it, I had him on, I was like, Ian, you've been great. Your other, your friends got to pick it up. And he was like, yeah, once the, once the numbers go back to zero, like everyone's gonna pick up. It's like, well, Ian Hap looked good. Everyone else did not. So some of them are still at zero. Uh, if the Geo Urshela
1: Homer was the first holy shit moment, the Corey Dickerson home run was the first. Oh, damn moment, which is like a half level below. Oh, shit. Uh, Really crazy going oppo off Hendricks, a super impressive swing. And like the Dodgers, we always talk about the Dodgers and we'll get to the Dodgers. Come into every postseason with so much pressure and you can see it and you can feel it and you can understand that as a fan and as someone who watches baseball. The Marlins right now are at the opposite end of the pressure spectrum, right? They are in a city. Where the basketball team, the Miami Heat, is in the finals, and no, like (laughs) no one—I'm not going to say no one cares, but like no one is going to be mad if the Marlins lose at any point. They are playing with so much house money right now, and that impacts the way that they're just like they don't know any better. Fuck it, let's play. I will say,
2: I will say, setting up very nicely. All the Marlins have to do is survive long enough for the Heat to get swept by LeBron. And then they can shift their attention over mm. to the magic lens. Um, but as for this game, five runs seventh, and then it's a five, it's a five-one victory. Um, and it was it was fucking awesome, dude. Like I, the Marlins are it's an amazing thing. And like it wouldn't be that shocking if they beat the Cubs. And I it's what we got six though tomorrow so on Thursday, like incredible. Uh, I have no idea how far they can go, but um, I will enjoy every second of it because there's a reason I took the Marlins vibes. It is very much dude. still alive. The vibes are great. And yeah, it's, they don't know.
1: They just don't. Know how stressed they're supposed to feel.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Like, Uh, can you
1: imagine explaining to someone on the Marlins how Dave Roberts feels?
2: Like, (laughs) right. Right. right, Man, dude, Mattingly is just, you know who knows? Don Mattingly knows. Don Mattingly knows. He's like, this is way better. Don Mattingly knew. We were (laughs) questioning before this season. We're like, why? Forget, Forget the COVID season. Before, like, back in February, we were like, why is Don Manningly still managing this team? Like, what is this? <laughs> Donnie baseball, we man. Absolute legend. All right. Uh, not much else to say about this other than we love the Lins, and we're going to be reading for them as far as they can go. Sorry, Ian Hapko.
3: Ian Ian Happ, go five for five. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
2: Moving on uh, to the White Sox and the A's, which will be heading to a Game 3 on Thursday. Uh, Game 1, our good friend Lucas Giolito was tremendous. Perfect game through 6. He was great. They closed it out at the end. Uh, Offense did what they needed to do. And then uh, it looked good going to postseason, you know, stud Dallas Keuchel in Game 2. And the A's just kind of fucked them up. And it wasn't really all that close. I mean, the A's A's made it interesting at the end, um, but they got the job done. Uh, in game two. So we'll have a game three there. Uh, general thoughts on this series. Got a shout
1: out. Well, first of all, Giolito in game one was as, lo- he was just so locked in. It was awesome to see. Happy for him. Proud of him. Him and, him and McCann are just, mm, mm, It's just beautiful. the best. Just the best. Uh, it, it, look, I don't get into celebrity couples as like a thing. That's not really my thing. James McCann and Lucas Giolito is the closest I get to totally a celebrity agree. couple.
2: Totally agree. Totally. Uh, goals. I believe goals. Is that what they goals? say? Goals? Yeah. Goals. goals? Yeah, goals.
1: i get in. <laughs> uh, I also think we got to shout out Chris Bassett, a.k.a. Mr. Bassett, uh, which Jordan and I call him because one time I for- I like had a total brain fart and forgot his first name on live television. And Jordan made me guess it. And I just referred to him as Mr. Bassett. And you might not know about Chris Bassett either which is fair basically just know he used to be on the White Sox got traded to the ace and then dominated the White Sox in game two of a
2: postseason series That's uh, it. and he's been pretty spectacular this whole season he, he made 25 stars for them in 2019 and just nobody noticed and nobody cared including you, who didn't know his first name. Um, but this is the trade. Tyler with, Bassett. With nicely done. That's definitely was your first guess. Uh, he, this was the trade with Marcus Semien for Jeff Samarja in freaking December of 2014. Of course, Semien Shark goes bait. yard today Ooh too. Ha ha. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, and then Semien goes yard today too. So that was obviously a very cool uh, little, little tag team revenge game for the A's there. Um, so yeah, disappointing from Keichel. Uh, but man, I, it's going to be pretty even because I am not a totally sure who's starting game three, but like, it's not going to be anybody great for either team. I got so. high hopes for this game three.
1: I have big expectations. I think it's going to be messy. I think
2: it's going to be runs galore and I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch it. Can I say we are recording this. It is now almost 2 30 AM Eastern time. The white Sox A's game starts in a little over 12 hours and it this tbd for both pitchers starting pitchers right now so it's not just me being tired and not paying attention like yeah. i genuinely it's not even announced so, tbd had a good year tbd yeah, was pretty true. solid this but year but tbd dude tbd also struggled though that's the thing yeah down it's, the stretch right down the stretch tbd but there was that one but there was a one game yeah okay all right let's one move start. on let's move on uh we got two more series here uh before we go to sleep Uh, Let's talk about the Dodgers and Brewers, which now we expected this to maybe not be close, especially once we got the news a few hours before this series started that Devin Williams, the best reliever in baseball this year, uh, was not going to be on the roster because he had shoulder soreness. Uh, We were like, how the hell are the Brewers going to stop the Dodgers from scoring a million runs? Brent Suter gets chased in the second inning, and it's like, oh, God, this is going to be 25 to nothing. Brewers hang around. Orlando Garcia hits a homer. And then the Dodgers just kind of limped their way to a semi easy victory. Um, and now the Brewers will have Brandon Woodruff going in game two, which is pretty good, but I'm still not feeling great. So really not much to say here about this one. It's pretty much going as we expected. I mean,
1: there is this vibe that the Dodgers have in the postseason where they make a two or three or four run lead feel like it's 25 runs, especially when they're playing at home, which they won't be if they move on. But right they're up by three runs in, in the first and it's like, oh, this game's over. But then they let teams back into games, and that three-run lead that feels like ten becomes a one-run lead in an instant, and then the game's on the line on a knife's edge, and you've missed it. Mm-hmm. And like that's how the Nats beat them yeah. last year, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I think this game, uh, this game made me slightly less confident. In the Dodgers, Already. because if they're in a weird way, like look, I'm picking them. I think they're the best team. They're going to win, but like you got to be able to put a team away. And I guess they kind of did that. The Corey Seager home run was an important uh, insurance late in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like they won four to two. That was it. Nothing too crazy. Mookie Betts is really good. I don't know if you M- saw that.
2: Mookie Betts is really good, and I will say like. Brandon Woodruff is awesome, and while I am super duper glad that the NL has the DH, I will be sad to not watch Brandon Woodruff hit against Clayton Kershaw in Game Two. Uh, that 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 is that saddens me. That is the only pitcher hitting that I will miss at all in this entire postseason, one thousand percent. So maybe they have a shot with Woodruff, but I not not feeling great uh okay let's uh now we we have our, our one seeds at the end here because they were pretty much the only ones who really took care of business and no one took care of business more than the tampa bay rays who T-C looked C motherfucking b just looked wonderful man uh they now i know game one was was what three to one was the final score but like they were in control they brought in Nick Anderson in, like, the six. Like, they, they don't, Kevin Cash knows exactly what he's doing. They trust every single reliever right. that they have. And this is it, like
1: when Duke yeah. is the one seed, and they go out and smash Middle Tennessee State and, like, Oklahoma in the first two games, and they're just rolling in the Sweet 16, and you haven't even thought about them. Tampa, they looked superlative, uh, especially in the second game. Again, someone explained to me why are the Tampa Bay Rays good. Explain it to me like I'm five years old, and I've never watched a baseball game. I don't understand it,
2: but it it's it's the real deal. And They're real. Listen, they use Snell and Glass now. It was they they were both very very good. Um, I mean, Ryu really struggled and was not great. Um, but yeah, Toronto they were overmatched. They they looked like crap. But I gotta say though, this is significant now because glass now snow will be starting i mean al the ds doesn't start against the yankees until until monday so we'll just go snow glass now again which is pretty good oh
0: um, Snell so yeah. Cole,
2: yeah snow Cole. that'll we'll probably have that maybe they go glass now game one or whatever but Dude, the point is the rays the are yankees, awesome
1: the yankees yeah. rays series is going to be really really great uh yeah. happy for the rays let's say goodbye to the toronto slash buffalo blue jays a true uh, emblem of this insane season. Jordan, what will
2: you remember about this team? There's a lot. Remember, Canada said no to them two days before opening day? It was like... It's again, not like Canada, they found out about again, this. Again, Canada. Decent call Great Canada. Call. Great call. This is not... Great call. Canada... This pod totally is don't pro... Pro All Canada. Pro Canada. So pro Canada. Extremely pro Canada. In fact, Canada... Can I... You know, My I'm girlfriend's okay. Canadian. Anyway, um, Canada's great. Totally understand that decision. The point is, for the Blue Jays, it's like, oh shit, all right, well, now we're playing in Buffalo. We're starting the season on the road, then we're playing the whole year on the road. Um, they had some amazing moments in Buffalo. They had uh, some amazing victories. The fact that they got into the postseason at all is amazing, even though the rest of the AL was garbage. Um, and I w- it's I a will fun young forget. team. Yeah. It's
1: a fun young team. I will never forget home runs uh, being hit at Salem Field in Buffalo and getting to see the freeway. I will never forget the f- the four days Dan Vogelbach spent as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays where he had five plate appearances and then they put him back on waivers and he left. Uh, we didn't get enough healthy Bo Bichette this year. Yeah, that was we did get a lot of really good Teoscar Hernandez yeah. who just might be the real deal. Yeah. Um, and I need a little bit more from Hyunjin Ryu's next postseason start. That's yeah. how I feel.
2: But a lot of good building blocks. There's still a ton to be excited about. Um, And if we, you know, God willing, we have a good full season next year, like Bichette, Biggio, now Teoscar, hopefully Vlad, like it's a good team. There's a, there's a lot of good shit going on in Toronto. So
1: I feel good about in this preseason preview being like super adamant that they were better than Boston that aged really well.
2: (laughs) Right. Also, by the way, let's compare what happened to Toronto in these last couple of days compared to what happened to the twins like this is the kind of postseason loss where, like yep good i'm done lost to the good, good race. loss good loss we can still feel great about our season had a lot of fun let's move on like that sounds way better than being a twins fan right now oh my goodness right so or cleveland Oof. so uh there you go we did it uh we are not going to talk that much longer although there's a couple other things we want to cover um obviously if you're listening to this the baseball is rapidly approaching we <laughs> still have a ton more going on on thursday and of course on friday um but uh last you couple mix it things. in a coffee
1: you mix it in a coffee jordan i know you're not the biggest coffee drinker Are you making sure to get some No,
2: i'm actually going to be changing locations myself i will be driving tomorrow and, and and relocating uh to the great state of pennsylvania but more importantly uh So, yes, I will probably be having coffee because not only will I be recovering from this day, I will be having to drive four hours. So, yes, coffee will be involved. But the last thing we have to talk about, uh, Jake Mintz, is unfortunately the report that there will be fans for the NLCS. uh, They're selling tickets about it it, for a global field. And uh, it's not complicated. This sucks. This is very stupid. This is a bad idea. Um, Anything that Manfred says about saying like, oh, well... NFL can do it across the street in Cowboy Stadium and like that's weird and like do I agree that it is very weird to observe everything in this world right now in terms of the inconsistencies with how people are following COVID guidelines versus not I agree it is very weird it is all unsettling whatever the point is is I feel pretty good about the idea that 10,000 people in one place is a bad idea so (laughs) It's not that complicated. That's it. Full and stop. It sucks, uh, and I don't want it. So it's gonna I, happen. I'm and not it gives off this it
1: weird. Sucks. It gives off this weird vibe, like between them giving the Rangers the World Series and allowing them to do this. It's almost like MLB like feels bad for Texas, yeah. but, and but like why the because they Rangers didn't get to fans have fans in their first year. Yeah, it's, it's just weird, man. Yeah. I uh, let alone encouraging out people
2: to travel because it's not like rangers fans are going to these games like it's just like who is this for like okay you're gonna make yes another extra it sucks it's just whatever that's what baseball is unfortunately in a lot of
1: ways and talking to football fans who i know and like i do not watch football myself i it does not especially nfl it does it's not my cup of uh cup of tea but football fans i know and like have basically said like look the games where there are fans in the stands, which I think are three stadiums, are super weird and off putting and like it it lowers the overall enjoyment of watching those games. Right. And I don't wanna have that for a Dodgers, Braves, NLCS. Like that just kinda puts well, a weird taste. Unfortunately,
2: we're gonna probably have to suck it up and deal with it. And that sucks a lot. Um, so hopefully everyone can stay safe, but we know that that's going to be difficult if we're putting 10,000 people in the stadium. All right. Uh, sorry to end on a shitty note there. Um, anything else? I know we have one more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Angels, uh, fired uh, GM, Billy Epler.
2: (laughs) Yes, they did. And just going to put this out there now because Jake and I were talking about it before all these games started today, calling it now, just again, Bobby, just make sure you have this, we don't lose this recording, even if it goes live and. Dave Nebraska is going to be the GM. He's going to trade for Chris Sale again. Top prospect, Brandon Marsh, going to Boston. Book it. You heard it here first. This is not a scoop. This is just a fact. But no one gives a shit about it. Not so a so scoop, no one should. just a fact. Um, the last thing of is all, that, tweet that. Uh, there is another wonderful baseball podcast on this here, Ringer Podcast Network, called R2C2 with CeCe Sabathia and Ryan Rucco. Our friend Bobby Wagner and producer uh, is involved with producing that show. And I can promise you that that will be one hell of a show uh, the next episode that comes out because the Yankees are moving on. And I imagine they are feeling very, very good. So you should all go let's check
1: just out. say this. Neither Jordan nor I were on the Yankees last year.
2: Yes. <laughs> and so we can't compete with
1: maybe that. that's an interesting perspective. So go listen to it. I'm going
2: <laughs> to. Yeah, I will definitely be checking that out. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this crazy Thursday of baseball. Thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing this at a very late time for him as well. Not quite as late as it is for us. Uh, But thank you to Jake Mintz for recording this at 2.30 a.m. And thank you all for listening. Thank you to my studio,
1: a.k.a. this
2: car.